Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. I'm ready. There, I feel like I need to stir you up a little bit this morning. How about we make a confession this morning? Don't make me come back there. (laughs) How about we talk about the favor of God? Let's say this. I believe and I declare I am deeply loved, I am greatly blessed, and I am highly favored. I'm growing with favor with God and with man. People even look to bless me when they don't know why. Favor brings me increase, restoration, recognition, distinction, victory, and preferred treatment. I declare I'm surrounded by the favor of God. It goes before me, with me, and follows me. And every time I recognize his favor, I will be grateful for it. Someone say, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I want to open up this morning with my favorite verse in the entire Bible. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is something God says about you and me, for we are God's own handiwork. We're his workmanship. The Bible says we were recreated in Christ Jesus. We were born anew, that we could do the good works that God predestined or he planned beforehand for us to take paths that he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, that we should live the good life that he prearranged and he made ready for us to live. Isn't that a cool scripture? The Bible says that we're the handiwork or we're handcrafted, or it's, it, another way of saying it is we're God's poem. And so the Bible says this, that we're the handiwork of God. But when we are recreated in Christ or born anew, that means you got saved, you got born again, you became a Christ follower, then the Bible says that you can take pla- paths that he prepared ahead of time, that you could do good works he prepared ahead of time, that you could walk in the good things of God. Do you get the trend in this verse? There are some things that God has pre-planned for you. And when you came into relationship with him, guess what? You can now walk out those paths. You can be that person. You can have those things, and you can do those things. I mean, no, that's, that's good. So we just started a series last week using this scripture, and this series is called Unlocking Your Destiny. Uh, probably most of you on your smartphones, it looks a little bit like this, and it says slide to unlock. And if you have the right passcode, you can slide, and it will unlock the things that are in your smartphone, the things you have downloaded, the apps you have, the things that you need, the contacts that are there. And it's the same way with the destiny of God. Uh, If we learn to swipe or unlock, then we can be, do, and have everything that God has destined for you and me to be, do, and have. Someone say amen to that. So what, what does destiny mean? That's a word that we we use, we throw that word around. The word destiny is just this. It's a predetermined path or a predetermined course for your life. Now, we just looked in that scripture and we saw there are some predetermined things that God wants us to walk out. 
Just because God has predetermined it doesn't mean that it will happen unless we have faith in it, we cooperate with it, then we can walk out that which God has for us. How many want to walk out everything God has for you? So when I talk about destiny, if you remember this last week, I said there are really two, two sides to destiny. Number one, there's the direct destiny of God, which means there are things in the Bible that are black and white. There are promises in the Bible, and the Bible says this about those promises, every one of them they are yes, and they are amen. In other words, you need to put your amen to what God has said yes to. Everything that's in the Bible is your destiny. When the Bible says you're more than a conqueror, when the Bible says you are, he wants you to prosper in every way, when the Bible says that you are highly favored, when the Bible says that his grace is for you, all of those are promises, that's your destiny. Healing is your destiny. Prosperity is your destiny. Elbow somebody. Come on. It's, it's too quiet up in here this morning. And so whatever is in the Bible is your direct destiny. But then there's an indirect destiny, which could be things like, who should I date? Who should I marry? Uh, where should I go to college? What career path should I take? Those are indirect parts of God's destiny that are based on the principles of the direct destiny of God. Now, I want to make a really bold statement that uh, you don't have to agree with me. You can disagree, but you would be wrong if you do. And that's, that's this, that you will never follow the indirect destiny of God if you cannot follow the direct destiny of God. If you are not practicing the direct destiny of God, you will not be able to walk out the indirect destiny of God. In other words, if you aren't following those principles that are in the Bible that are direct, you're going to have a hard time finding the right career path, dating, marrying the right person, all those indirect decisions. Does that make sense? So, so both of those go together. And so uh, we're calling this, this series Unlocking Your Destiny because I want to help you discover, I want to help you develop, I want to help you to determine and do and even redo your destiny. So last week, this was our, our, our topic for the weekend, and that was how do you discover your destiny? How do I discover the predetermined plan or course for my life? And we found out that it's really pretty simple that we, we ask God. We ask, and the Bible says, if you ask, um, you, will, you will receive. It will, be, um, it will be shown to you. We seek and we knock. Now, the word ask isn't a casual word it really means to put a demand on. So whatever is in the Bible is all of God's potential for you. And the word ask really means to put a demand on. So God says put a demand on the things that are in your destiny. Matter of fact, God puts a, he puts a demand on the things that are in your destiny, the potential. But God will only put a demand on what he has provided for. So everything that it takes to walk out the destiny that God has for you, God puts a demand on it, but he's already provided it for you. I mean, no, that's a good thing. And so this is how we start to discover the destiny of God. Uh, the Bible says there's the book in heaven with all of our days in it. We just ask God. We ask, we seek, we knock. The Bible says it will be open up to us. And we learned this last week. There are three types of people. There are some that are just ignorant of God's destiny. Now, that doesn't mean you're an ignorant person. It just means maybe you don't know. But then there are those who are uh, may not be ignorant of it, but they have just chosen to ignore 
God's destiny for their lives, and they're just making their own choices. Or there are those who are ignited with God's destiny. You, uh, you have looked into the word of God, you have sought God, and you are, you've been awakened, you've been stimulated, and you have a passion to walk out everything that God has for you. Hopefully, you are the latter of those three types of people. So that's what we talked about last week. So what I'd like to do this week is take it to the next step or the next phase or the next level. And I want to talk about, okay, I, I'm discovering my destiny, but how do I start to develop that? And, and let me help you with something. I was, I was just sharing recently with some friends that are um, re- really seeking God on a decision. And, and it, it, it involves where to be with the next phase of their lives. And, and I said this to them. I said, we have to be very watchful that we don't just make the destiny and the will that God has for us a destination. Because we would have this tendency to put so much pressure on a point in time, a point in place, and it really is a journey. It really is an ongoing, it's going, your, your destiny is going to unravel and be revealed to you every step, every day, 24-7, 365, until you quit breathing. But here's the cool thing about God. God has put enough destiny in you to last through eternity. He has put enough potential in you to last through eternity. So it's always going to be, uh, it's always going to be uh, uh, unraveling or it's always going to be unfolding is a better word. So it's just not a destination. Well, here's the, I found out where to go to school. That's my, no, it's always going forward. There, there's going to be more death because the word of God is so rich. It's so vast. How many, how many are glad for that? So it's always going to, so we're always going to be discovering and we're always going to be developing the destiny that God has for us. And that should be exciting because if that's not true, you may have found it in, in 2014 and you peaked. How I many, there's no peaking. He takes us from glory to glory to glory, from level to level. So there, there's, there's new destiny for you, whether it's direct or indirect or direct and direct or indirect and direct. There, there's new destiny tomorrow. Just like there is today. There'll be new destiny next month, uh, this summer, this fall, as we go through this year and into a brand new year. Can y'all believe it's almost June? What happened? (laughs) But God's got destiny in your tomorrow. And and that's not just a word for those who are like 16, searching God for their next uh, season. It could be for for those of you who are in your 20s or your 40s. Or your 30s, or your, or your 80s. There's enough destiny for eternity. We want to discover it and we want to develop it. We don't want to leave any left. Amen. Amen. Look, so look, go with me to the book of Ephesians. This is chapter 5. And I'm going to read to you from the J.B. Phillips, the New uh, Testament translation, because I love the way that this is worded. And I'm going to bring three life points out of this this morning. How do I develop my destiny? Right? How, how many are, all right, because if you are able to develop and discover and determine and walk out your destiny, you're going to fulfill everything God has for you. You're going to be a satisfied person. Instead of a frustrated person. God wants you to walk in a new level of satisfaction. It only happens when you realize who you are and you start walking in all of those things. Here's the first, uh, or let's go to Ephesians. i give you the scripture before I give you the points, right? Ephesians chapter 5. Look at these verses. Live life then. Look what it says. With a due sense of bad word responsibility. 
not as men and women who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who actually do. Make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties of these days. And do not be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Isn't that a cool verse? So life point number one, how do we start to develop the destiny that God has for us? And I'm assuming that you're, you're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking. So then how do I start walking in it or developing in it in my family, my life, my business, etc.? Number one, you, you live with a due sense of responsibility. I know that's a bad word in 2022 because no one seems to want to be responsible for anything. But if we want to walk out the destiny that God has for us, we will, we will live our lives with this due sense of responsibility. If you study the word responsible or responsibility, you're going to find that the root word is, is this, to respond. It's really what responsibility means, to respond. Now, the biblical word means essentially it means that I'm accountable. So if we would take the, the etymology of that word and the biblical root of that word, it literally would mean this, to respond and be accountable to the things and the opportunities and the assignments God has planned for me. I am responsible and accountable to respond to those things that God has prepared for me, uh, the opportunities he has given me, and like I said, the word responsibility is not a popular word in 2022. But we find here in Scripture, it's a principle that you and I need to live by. Now, uh, throughout the Bible, and we've taught on this, the Bible has this word that we don't use in our culture, and it's the word steward or stewardship. And it just means that you manage the things that God has blessed you with. It really means that I manage faithfully that which has been given to me. And so if that is true, we've learned that, how many know that we're supposed to be responsible to steward our finances? We are to steward not just our finances, how many know we're to steward our bodies well? The Bible talks about that. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are responsible to not just steward those things, we're responsible to steward our relationships and by stewarding, here's what I mean. We steward or manage them according to the principles of the word of God. In other words, the Bible says this, if you humble yourself, he will promote you. What that means is I bring my life under the rank of the word of God. And in doing that, God will promote the things of God in my life. And so not only are we responsible to manage our relationships our finances, our bodies, our emotions, our feelings, all according to the principles of the Word of God. You and I are also, check this out, responsible and accountable to steward the destiny that God has for us. Whether it is the direct destiny that is in the Bible or it's the indirect destiny, which is decisions in our lives that we would take the principles of the Word of God and apply them to our lives. So we're, we're to be responsible and accountable with the things of God. And the Bible says we should live in such a way that we live with this due responsibility. And as I mentioned, that, that word responsibility is, is not such a popular word right now. I will tell you the enemy of responsibility. Are you ready for it? It's entitlement. Have you ever noticed we have an entitled culture? So 
an entitled attitude would be this, you owe me. And there are a lot of people living by that principle. If I live by the principle that you owe me, then number one, I'm apathetic and I'm irresponsible and I'm unfaithful. And I just described the way the world does government, how the world does business, how the world does relationship. But you and I are called to live with a due sense of responsibility with the word of God, with the destiny that God has for you. You're to manage what God has for you, your family, your relationships, your finances, your health, your wealth. Look at someone and say, this is good. So it's this responsibility. But the opposite or the, uh, uh, the, the, the difference of how most people live is entitlement, which you owe me. When God says you live with a due sense, this is why we, we talk different. We go to different places. We do different things than what the world does because I live and breathe with a different due sense of responsibility to the word of God. I don't want to, I don't want to bring embarrassment. I don't want to bring shame to the things of God. I live with a responsibility to everything that God said, everything that Jesus did. Are you with me? It's this responsibility thing. Now, um, I want to read you a scripture that I know that you know because there's a difference of feeling like you have rights and having responsibilities. See, when you feel entitled, you feel like, I've got these rights. But when you feel responsible, how many of that's different? Yeah. You, you realize that uh, this, this didn't come free or this is something I'm accountable for. And the destiny that God has for you there is a responsibility on your, on your part to not just discover it, but to start to walk it out. One of the worst things would be to walk out a destiny God never had planned for you, because there's not grace on it. You'll be very frustrated trying to live a different destiny than how God equipped you and what God made you for. Now, now look what Jesus did. This is the attitude Jesus had. This is, this is Philippians chapter 2. Now, I know you know this verse, but it says this. You should have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You want to know what type of attitude to have? Here it is. The same one Jesus had. And look what it says. Though he was God, he didn't, he didn't think of equality with God as something that he would cling to. Instead, he gave up all of his divine privileges. He took the humble position of, of a servant. He was born a human. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself, even obedience to God, to die a criminal's death on the cross. Now, there's, there's an interesting verse in here, and it says this, that, that, that he had this attitude that he didn't think holding on to equality with God was something to cling to. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. Your attitude comes from whatever you're clinging to. Well, I was hurt when I grew up, and I'm clinging. I was abused at one time. I was let down. I was hurt. I, I was disappointed. I, I, I'm entitled. And whatever it is that you and I cling to becomes our attitude. What's your attitude? It's your disposition. It's your perspective. It's your, it's your POV. It's your point of view of how you do life. Someone did this to me, or this happened, or this didn't work out. And the Bible says this, that Jesus didn't even think the things of, the, of God was something to hold on or cling to, but he had this attitude of emptying that. And I want to just challenge you that, that our, 
our response, the way we should live, should be let's cling to the word of God, not, not, not to all these other things, not to my own opinions, my own wants, my own things, but what is it that God wants for me? What is it that God has prophesied to me? What is it that the Bible says I can be, I can have, I can do? What is it, God, that you have for me and my family? Who do you want me to date? Who do you want me to marry? Where should I go to school? What path should I take? Should it be the military? Should it be the job for? What do you have for me? I don't want to cling to what I want. I want to cling to what you want for me. I want to cling to what is in your book for my life. So it starts off, you want to develop, if you want to develop what God has for you, it starts with, with an attitude. And the attitude is I'm going to cling to everything God has for me, not this other stuff, because that's going to set you up to begin to develop in your life this responsibility that it's going to take to walk out the destiny that God has for you. That's life point one. Life point number two is, is, is this, to make the best use of your time. To make the best use of your time. See, a, a, a person who's responsible, they ask certain questions. Uh, uh, what's expected of me? Uh, what can I do? What needs done? Questions, of, ha, ha, don't raise your hand, but some of you that, that own businesses, I'm sure you wish you had some employees that thought a little bit more like that. Not, what can I get away with? Um, not, not, uh, you know, not, not what can I, how, how much less work can I do? But see, we need to be different. And how we use our time, how you use your days, how you use your hours, the Bible says will determine how well you develop this destiny in your life. In other words, let me give you a different word that, that we've talked about before. And sometimes we all think we have these, but sometimes we have these out of order. And I'm not going to go through the order they should be. And I just want to tell you that the, the word for using your time wisely, are you ready, is priorities. The destiny that God has for you has to be a priority in your life. Because priorities mean you put value on something. If the destiny that God has for you, whether it's direct or indirect, is important to you, it will be a priority. You will put value to it. And when it has value, it has your resources, it has your time, it has your energy, it has your attention. That's the problem. We want, we want the destiny of God without making it a priority in our life. And you will never walk in everything God has for you unless it becomes a priority in your life. Unless it becomes a passion of your life. You may not see breakthrough in areas of your life unless what he said about it in the Bible becomes a priority to you. Don't wait till you're sick for it to become a priority in your life. Don't wait till you're in debt until it becomes a priority in your life. Don't wait till your marriage is in trouble for it to become a priority in your life. Establish value to it right now. The destiny, whether it's in the word of God or it's indirect. Are you hearing me? Because I'm preaching better than your amen in this morning. If we don't put priority on it, we will either misuse or abuse our destiny. I thought this was interesting. Here's, if you live an average life, here's, here's where your time goes. You will spend 25 years of your life asleep. Most of those are in your teen years, and then you just want to make up for it, the rest. But, but 25 years, you're asleep. 10 years, you're at work. Nine years, you're watching TV. Now, this one blew my mind. Two years of your life watching TV, you're watching commercials. If nine years of your life is spent watching TV, two of those are on commercials. I hate commercials. Anyway, you spend 4.3 years driving, three months of your life are stuck in traffic. How many of you love to be stuck in traffic? 
Anyone like me, I mean, we got stuck on the interstate, and I'm looking for any way that a full-wheel drive can get off the highway. I'll go through a lawn, whatever. Anyone have those thoughts? I'm like, just how can I get out of this traffic? Yeah, so we spend all this time in traffic. You spend 3.6 years eating. Some of you a little more than that. I get it. Two years in meetings. Two years of your life are spent in a meeting. Now, check this one out. You spend a year and a half of your life in the bathroom. I don't know what y'all are doing in there, but a year and a half of your life is spent in the bathroom. That means 92 days of your life are spent on the toilet. Now, this was interesting. Men spend four more minutes than women do in the bathroom. They need to prove that. <laughs> Women, you spend almost two years of your life doing your hair. And a year of your life deciding what to wear with your hair. <laughs> Women, you spend eight years of your life shopping. Men, you spend a year of your life staring at women. That's why they got to do their hair, wear the right thing, right? You spend 70% of your life in front of a digital device. Now, that's just how you spend your average day, your average life. That's why I say the only way that you, can, you and I can make sure that we're developing this destiny that God has for our lives is by making it a priority. The Bible says live with this due sense of responsibility and use your time wisely. If you're in the bathroom for a year and a half, take the Bible with you. I don't know what you got to do. <laughs> See, if, if the enemy of responsibility is entitlement, the enemy of priority is this word duplicity, which means to be double-minded or to have doubleness in your thought or to have doubleness in your word, or to have doubleness in your, in your actions. I want you to think about what I'm about to say. If you would spend priority and value and attention on doing what I'm about to say to you, it will change your life. If you would spend your energy, your effort doing this, sinking your life with everything that Jesus has accomplished for you, and the plans he has for you. If you would spend your energy sinking your life with what he's already accomplished for you and what he has planned for you, it would revolutionize your life. If the priority of your life became, I want to get in sync with everything God has done for me, everything the Bible says I have, everything the Bible says that he has done, everything the Bible says that I can do, if you would spend your time sinking your life with that and the plans he had for you, it would change how you think, it would change how you feel, it would change how you breathe. Just sinking your life with what he has already done. You, you know what that means? It means by faith, you're making a decision to become who he's already declared you to, be, to become. Thank you for the shout in the back. That's, that's what God has for us. I'm going to sink my life I'm going to get into sync. I, I, you know, you, you, you might plug something into your computer and sync your photos. You want to get in sync, get plugged into the right thing, make it the priority of your life. Now, someone may have never told you this before, 
I think I mentioned this a little bit last week, but when God created you, he put all of this potential that he downloaded into you, all the potential that you need for your life, for the twists, the turns, the ups, the downs, every step of your your life, he has put that potential in you. And that is actually how God interacts with you. See, God interacts with you according to how he sees you, what he's called you to do, what he has called you to be. That's how God interacts with you. Aren't you glad that God didn't choose to interact with you according to all of your mistakes, your flub-ups, your problems, and your setbacks? He chooses to interact with you. Now, he'll meet you right where you're at, but he chooses to come from the point of view of who he made you to be. Why? Because he's a God of destiny, and he, he interacts with you over this principle of destiny. Not just who you're going to be one day, but who he from the very beginning to declared you to be. Because if he acted any other way, we would all be toast. We would all be a major disappointment to God. We'd be a major letdown to God. So God's not interacting with you over who you were. He's interacting with you who he created you to be, who he called you to be, who he destined you to be, all that potential he made in you. That's how God interacts with you. So make it a priority of your life. Now, I know what y'all are thinking, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I went through. You don't know how I dropped the ball. Well, I'm going to tell you in a few weeks how you not just do your destiny, but how areas of life you need to redo your destiny. So be here for the next couple of weeks. So the Bible we read in the scripture says, here's how we develop the destiny God has for us. We live with this due sense of responsibility. We use our time wisely. And look at the third thing. It says, don't be vague but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Don't be vague about it. Well, we know that vague is an attitude. Vague is, vague is uh, an intention. Don't be vague about it. So if we're living with a due responsibility, we're using our time wisely, and we're living in such a way that we're not vague about the will of God. I remember reading this somewhere, and I want you to let this sink in, that there are, there are none of you that decide your destiny, but you determine habits, and those habits actually determine whether your destiny comes about or not. So priority is important, and habit is important. A habit is this, it's this tendency This ongoing behavior, this uh, manner of behavior that you do, these things that you practice that determine whether you're successful, significant, unsuccessful, whether you determine the destiny of God in your life or not, they're not just, you don't just walk out the destiny because you want to or you have interest. You have to make it a priority and you have to break it down into these habits. So the Bible says, don't be vague about it. The word vague means this, that you're unclear. So God's saying, don't be unclear. The opposite of vague is this, is to be definitive and specific. So if you're living with this due sense of responsibility about the destiny that God has for you, whether it's direct or indirect, and you're using your time to make it a priority, if you, if you have the right habits in your life, then you won't be vague about it, but you'll be definitive about it, you'll be specific about it, and the, 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 the destiny of God will unfold for you. Daily, 24 7, 365. So, as I was thinking about that, and we'll start to land this plane here, I was thinking, what kind of habits, 
Because these are things we do ongoing, these little things. What kind of habits, I call them destiny habits, what kind of destiny habits would you need to allow God to create in your life? What would these destiny habits look like? And I I believe we have a a screen for these destiny habits. How about this one? Because we're talking about the will of God, the destiny of God becoming very definitive in our life. And the first habit is the habit of focus. My wife has had to look at me sometimes and say, would you focus right here? Because there are so many things to be distracted by. There are so many voices that we hear. But if we want to really be definitive about the destiny God has for us, one of these habits is we have to be able to focus, which means we put our attention on something. See, if you look at it this way, there's, there's, if this big circle is the plan of God, Inside that circle is a smaller circle, and it's the right plan. Inside that circle is my plan. In other words, we want to put our plan inside the right plan that fits in God's plan. And the only way you can do that is, that, that's a target, is what? Focus. You need to focus on the promises that are in the Word of God. You need to focus on what God has said to you. You need to focus on what God has said about you, because there will be some things in life trying to distract you. There will be some feelings that you can't do this, or you're not smart enough, or you don't have the degree hanging on the wall, or, or you didn't grow up in the right family, or you've had this problem, or you've had this letdown in your life. And if you focus on that, you will never walk out the destiny that God has for you. You need to focus on what Jesus said about you. The Bible said, let your mind be renewed by the words that Jesus, or, or, or by the things that Jesus has done. Everybody say focus. Focus is just another way of saying putting your attention on, on the right things. Um, a lot of you are getting ready for a vacation season. And although we have this thing that we didn't used to have years ago, we talked about this, I think last week that we used to have to drive with a big old map. Remember that? You unfold the map and you're driving down the road and we were better drivers back in the day because we could read a map and drive at the same time. But now all you have to do is program it into your smartphone, put your smartphone there and it has this GPS and it just talks you there. But how many know this though? You still have to pay attention to all of the signs. It can talk to you, but you have to pay attention to, oh, here's the sign where we turn. We, we switch this interstate. We switch this highway. Here's my exit. Here's my vacation rental. We still have to follow the signs. And what signs are is signs to, uh, God will give you signs of peace to confirm if you're on course. But our focus has to be on those things. If your focus is on all the other distractions, have you ever missed an exit because you weren't focusing? Have you ever missed a turnoff? Guys, don't agree, because we don't do that stuff. But if we are distracted, so one habit we have to do is let's focus our, our heart, our eyes on everything God has for us. Here, here's another habit of, of developing in our life, and that's just being fearless. Because it's going to take some courage. God would never tell you that you needed faith if, you, if, he, if he didn't know you're going to live in a world of fear. You need courage because there's fear all around us. There's doubt all around us. There's unbelief all around us. Sometimes it's in us. And one thing we need to start developing in our lives, this, you know, this is like working out. It's like going to the gym. I, I'm, I'm going to go grab some dumbbells and work on biceps. I'm, I'm going to grab uh, uh, the bench. I'm going to work on the chest. In other words, we got to work on these different areas of our life. Let God develop these things. Because if you develop these things in your life, you will develop out your destiny. i got to stay focused. 
And I got to work on this fearlessness in my life. God wants the church to be the most fearless group of people. There's a lot of fear out there right now. And I would say this to you, be full of courage. Just be full of courage right now. You know how you defeat a spirit? With the opposite spirit. Be full of courage. Some things are lingering right now. They won't last. They won't last. Matter of fact, this is what God gave me this morning. Right? I was writing something down. I probably can't read my writing real well, but this is what God said. Uh, to me, I didn't know if I was supposed to share it or not, but I feel like I should share it right now. Y'all want to hear it? Yeah. He said, it may linger, but it will not last. This country is founded on my word, and my word won't crack. Thank you for your enthusiasm. From the groundwork to the infrastructure to the erection of its walls, my principles can be found, and my principles will sustain. A moment is coming when you will witness all else will be shaken off. All will be left is what is pure. I've heard your cries, I've heard your prayers, and I've heard your petitions. Don't worry. You'll see my wonder. Grip tight and experience my glory greater than ever. Yeah. Wasn't even in my notes. Y'all want to hear these last few and we'll wrap up here. Here's the next one. Um, being formable. Being formable. That's another way of saying being teachable. You can't walk out the destiny if we're not teachable. That's why the Bible says this. You humble you. Humble yourself. Keep taking your life, your opinions, your feelings, your decisions about now and tomorrow and bringing them under the word of God. Keep doing it. I guarantee you, you will be successful. You will be significant. Your marriage will work. Your business will work. Your life will work right. Keep bringing them. It, it's this thing I've got to keep humbling myself, humbling myself. This is the attitude Jesus had. He humbled himself. He didn't cling to those things and he emptied himself to walk out the destiny. For him, it was the cross. But keep being teachable. Keep being, you're never going to outgrow being teachable. You're never going to outgrow the word of God. And you're never going to outgrow destiny because he put enough in there for your, for your health, your wholeness, your prosperity, your future, all the way through eternity because God's a good God. He's a big God. But you are people of destiny. And for some of you, somebody has prophesied lies to you. They have prophesied lies to you. That you can't be, you can't do, you can't have, you're never good enough, you're broken, you're bruised. Somebody lied to you. They have prophesied the words of the devil to you. And you bought in. You have bought in. So we got to do, you just need to realign yourself, become formable, formable, bring yourself under the word of God. Let the word of God prophesy to you. Everything he says in there about you is absolutely accurate and is absolutely true. Matter of fact, you are not so big that you can screw up the destiny. You're not that big. You, you are not all that. You can delay it, you can distract it, you can detour it, but as long as you keep looking to God, he'll keep re rearranging detours, changing course, working in you, working on your behalf, what the enemy meant for evil, God will always turn it for good. Here's another one, how about this? Faithful. Faithful. 
There's this really key scripture in Isaiah. It's not on the screen. Chapter 1, verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will experience the best of the land. You know what faithfulness is? It's this constant willingness. It's this readiness. It's staying true. It's this readiness. And, and, and then the last trait is follow through. What's that? That's obedience. It's executing the, re- the readiness. So here's what I'm saying to you. God has this amazing destiny. And if you, if you desire it, you'll never walk in it. But if you get passionate about it, if you get awakened, if you get stimulated over it, if, 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 you, if you get ignited over it, guess what? You can walk out everything God has for you in his word and everything he has for you in your life. You can do it. Well, I don't know. Yeah, the Bible says this. You can do all things through Christ who empowers you. He gave you a promise. He gave you purpose. And he gave you power. Can I read you one last scripture? This is found in Luke. This is chapter 16. I want to read these these few verses to you. It says this. The one. Somebody say, I'm the one. The one who faithfully manages even the little that he has been given right now will be promoted. And he will be trusted with even greater what? Responsibilities. You know what the problem is today? People don't want greater responsibilities. They want free. So they're not being faithful. But the Bible says this about you and me. Can I just preach for a moment? It says this about us. It says, the just shall live by faith. The word faith and the word faithfulness are, are, are the, same, it's the same word in the Bible. We're to live by what? Faithfulness. We're to, we're, the just shall walk by faithfulness. They shall live by faithfulness. We shall live by being responsible. Because the Bible says this, what you honor, God honors you out of that. So when you honor the things of God, the word of God, the destiny God has for you, he'll take destiny and honor your life and bless your life. If you honor him with your money, he'll take, he'll take that, 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 that concept of prosperity and honor you back with that. However you honor him in your life, that's the energy God uses to bless you back and honor you. But those who cheat with the little that they have been given will not be considered to be trustworthy for more. If you haven't handled the riches that are in this world with integrity, Why would you be trusted with eternal treasures of the spiritual world? And if you've not proven to be faithful with what belongs to someone else, why would you be given wealth of your own? I just want to challenge you with this. It takes a spirit of faithfulness. It takes a spirit of responsibility with your time, your efforts, your energy. Not being vague about these things, but being passionate about them. It means that we have this full adherence and commitment to destiny. And anything else is compromised and anything else is coming up short. How will God keep trusting you with every level of destiny? Faithfulness. Steadfastness. Keep adhering to the things of God. Keeping a grip on those things. And don't let a person, an opinion, a newscast, a devil, a detour, a distraction, an addiction, a mess up, a failure. Don't let any of that tell you that you can't keep walking out everything God has for you. And if you say, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know what? You you know what's there for the yeah, buts? It's called grace. It's called grace, which empowers you in spite of you. You ever heard me say this? There's grace 
but there's enough grace for your race. God knew you wouldn't hit a home run every time. That's why he still has grace for you, for your race. But grace is there to keep you in the race, get you back in the race, and to get you across the finish line. Can we stand this morning? Did y'all get something good out of that? So think about this. If I want to discover the destiny that God has for me, what do I do? It's pretty simple. I ask, I ask, I seek, I knock. And I got to develop this. How do I walk it out? Well, I just live with this, with this responsibility, this due sense of responsibility. I use my time as a priority on the things of God. And I make it a habit of not being vague about it, which means I got to be definitive and specific, and it's going to keep unfolding in my life. This, this is a room. I know we have a lot of people watching today. This is a room full. This is a, a camera full of people of destiny. We read it in Ephesians 2. God destined for you to meet him and be in relationship with him. And he not only destined you to be saved and born again, he destined you to be filled with the spirit of God, be full of the word of God, be filled with the blessings of God, be filled with the good things of God. He destined you for that. He didn't destine you just to get saved and hold on until he comes back. He destined you to have heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God operating in your life in the here and now. The greatest thing you and I need to work on is us getting out of the way and just believing what God says about us. Believing we can be who he says we can be. We have what he says we can have and he can do in our life what he says he can have. And for those who are crazy enough to believe that and get ignited with that, you walk out destiny. And the Bible says you will do exploits. The Bible says this about David, that he had a heart for God. You know what that means? What was important to God was important to him. I want to challenge you for the next few moments to ask God, God, about my life, what's important to you? I want to make it important to me. God, what the destiny for me, my life, my family, God, show me. Show me your heart. If there's something in there that, that, that you have not made a priority, just say, God, I'm sorry about that. We're, we're, we're going to close with this song. We'll, we'll be back up in a moment to pray. But this is one of those, we call them like just a God moment. Let's just search our hearts, realign ourselves this morning.